if you're living the days in the life of an ag teacher, then you'll fit right in. I'm your host, Carly Erickson, and I'm here to remind you to do what you love and love what you do. As always, thanks for listening and welcome to class. Today we're going to be talking about new technologies and makerspace in the classroom. If you haven't heard of makerspace before, it's kind of a new concept. Um, it's where we bring in lots of new technology and we let our students and kids just kind of go in and just play around with it. So you'll see typically like 3D printers and sometimes CAD software and graphic design and computer design softwares. Um, and just other things that they can kind of play around with to see how it works. Sometimes they'll have drones and they'll just have other kinds of technologies that's new and innovative and let kids kind of explore and learn how to use the new technology. And we really have seen great things come out of these makerspaces. More often than not, you'll see these makerspaces in classrooms for science labs and a wood shop, um, computer labs sometimes, art rooms, all of the places where typically the most creative thinking happens. Um, I know in the typical art classroom, they're starting to move a little bit more towards computer design, and that's because it's becoming so prominent in our society that we need kids who are able to use computer graphic software and be able to learn at a very young age to be able to compete with other people who are really well-rounded in that field and hopefully develop more skills over time and then they can create a career from that. However, we are seeing a really rapid increase in makerspaces in the ag classroom as well. My home high school just got their first makerspace for the ag room and it's really great. Um, they have 3D printing which allows them to do lots of different activities for multiple of their classes that they offer. Um, they have CAD software which is computer-aided design, which helps them create projects for welding or um, for plasma cutting or those kinds of things. So it's really been a huge beneficial tool for them to have, not only for their students, but also as teachers to see the different projects that can be created from using different technologies. One thing that's really great to have, if you can afford one, is a virtual welder. Um, I was able and fortunate enough to use one here at Iowa State University in our ag shop. They had a virtual welding machine and it really made a difference for me for my welding. And so being able to go and physically weld and then go to your virtual welder and fix your mistakes and it, the computer will tell you what you're doing wrong, what you need to fix, how your angle is. And I went back and did a real weld after my virtual weld and it was significantly better than my first time around. So having that there is really a great resource for our students. We know how big of an impact millennials are making on our society and we're seeing a huge change in the course of our farming and our agriculture as a result of millennials taking over and, and taking charge. And we're seeing that they're more accepting of these new technologies and they're really interested in perfecting them and making them the best that they can be to help us create the most profit. Millennials are really pushing for change. They're really adamant and effective for advocating for change in the ag industry. And we're seeing new technologies be introduced every single day 
into not only our farming practices, but just our regular everyday agricultural business and our classrooms even. We're seeing more use of technology when it comes to lab testing and how we contribute technology into our food production and our livestock and how we keep accurate records and data for all of these things. And so we're really seeing technology be at the forefront of a lot of this change and it's being pushed by our millennials. And overall, it's making a global difference. We're seeing a difference in our food production and in our profits and our operations of our ag business. We're seeing that it's more about profit and less about yield. Back in the day, yield was the most important thing because we were trying to feed so many people and we're trying to make our our product and our crop the best that it can be. And now we're seeing that the more money that we can make from the yield that we do get is really what's driving the agriculture industry. We're really seeing our big business and our and our small business really shoot for profit. And that is making a difference globally for our economy. And we're seeing prices fluctuate in our food sources. And that has a lot to do with the fact that we are changing our mindset and technology is a part of that. We're changing the game from little to no technology and really focusing on yield to abundant technology and we're really focusing on how we can narrow down profits and how we can make the most money for our business. So I think we should use our ag classroom, especially the ag business and marketing, and really teach our students that by using the most effective technology to create the best crop and the best product, then we can come out with the most profit, which at the end of the day is going to make us the most successful. And so by having those key concepts in place when you're teaching your ag business and, and marketing courses, it's important to use different technologies and see how they work when you're talking about business. So some of the main technologies that we use today is precision agriculture, which involves the GPS or global positioning systems, as well as drones. We're seeing drones become really common and popular within the ag industry as far as crops go, um, all the way from our seed companies to our farmers. So we're seeing drones be used to help really get an idea of where our problem areas could be in our field or where we're having really great conditions. And so the drone is able to give us that real-time change. We're able to see what is happening in real time. And it's allowing us to have more effective and more efficient application management. Lately, people have been really concerned with what's being applied to their food and how it's affecting our economy overall is something that really can be worrisome if we don't address the situation. So for having equipment like drones, which gives us real time changes, we're able to then apply what's necessary to specific areas. That way we're not over applicating and we're not under applicating our field. And so we could see a really great impact from this because if we share this with our new and up and coming members of society, they'll be able to see, okay, they're not just applying 
chemicals to our, our food just because we're applying and managing our food in a way that's really effective and it's cost beneficial and we're going to see a greater reward from this in the future. You know what time it is. It's time for the Ag Career of the Day. Today's career falls under agronomy and soils as a soil and plant scientist. According to the United States Department of Labor Bureau of Labor Statistics, a soil and plant scientist conducts research related to breeding, production, and management of agricultural crops. This occupation employs roughly 15,000 people nationwide with an average salary of $70,630. And that's the Ag Career of the Day. One thing that I love about using this new technology is that we're better able to hold and compare our data from year to year. So we're able to see how certain things impacted our crops and our profits from year to year just based off of using the data that we were able to collect in real time from the year before and even from the year before that. We're able to compare weather conditions and maybe the types of seed that we used and also possibly the the impact of insects on our field. And so by having all those things in real time, we're able to go back to the exact year, to the exact date, and the exact time that anything could have happened to our field. And we're really going to be able to see what needs to be applied the next year in order to prevent those things from happening in the first place. These really are controlled practices that are allowing us to make proper management strategies and decisions. So by being able to control and prevent things from happening before it could potentially get worse and then we would have to apply more, we're able to stop ahead of time what we're foreseeing to happen. What we saw last year, we want to prevent that from happening again this year. And the best way to do that is integrated pest management, which is the prevention of pests and disease and weed control. And so by allowing our management to make these decisions based off of previous years that we can see the exact time when we really started to see problems happening, then we can hopefully stop that from occurring again. And then we will see a real increase in profits overall and yield because we're allowing our crop to be the best that it can be based off of the technology that we have. Nowadays, tractors are typically ready to go with GPS systems um, built in them. And so our equipment is really set up to keep us on track to continue to, to grow and do the best that we can do every year for our individual farms. And without that kind of technology, who knows where we would be in terms of the economy and the standpoint that we have, you know, um, with trying to grow our food source and ensure that we can feed all these people in the coming future. And so these practices and these technologies have really made it that much easier to come up with a system that really works and something we're going to be able to use for years to come. Our students are really at the beginning of a great time for agriculture. They're, they're there to learn this new technology and incorporate it in their 
farms or their communities and also in ag business. And so if your students are interested in going into a career in the ag industry, it's most likely they're going to be using this new technology in some way, shape, or form. So if we can put them at the center of that and if we can get that technology in front of them, that they'll be that much better off in the future because they've had time to play around with it and learn how to use the technology and see how it really is impacting agriculture and making a difference. And I think that going forward, we'll see that our students are the ones who are creating even a greater change than we're seeing today. Some common places that we are seeing makerspaces being added into our communities is our local libraries, um, universities in your area, and possibly your local extension buildings as well um, for 4-H. And so we're seeing that these places within your community are trying to incorporate this new technology for our students because they really don't want them to be behind. They really want them to be as knowledgeable as they can be in order to create greater things for our future. And so by adding these types of resources into your classroom, you're really developing an atmosphere for your students that is going to become quite common. And as they get older and they're in, in their future, they'll see that those technologies are really pushing to create a change. And if they're able to find a better way to do something, we need them to be able to collaborate and work together with the technology to make really awesome things happen. And hopefully then in the future, we'll, we'll have an even better, more sustainable food source for our population. We have a very special guest with us here today from Scout Pro. Stuart McCullough is here to talk with us about new technologies in the ag industry and how they're making a difference on the farm. Stuart, tell us about your career in the ag industry. You bet. Uh, thanks for having me on here, Carly. Appreciate the chance to visit a little bit more. So um, grew up in eastern Iowa, grew up on a small family farm. We had uh, hogs and cattle, raised a few chickens here and there, um, corn, soybeans, and hay, and things like that to support all that. So was involved with 4-H and FFA growing up, came to Iowa State, uh, met up with a couple guys while I was here. Uh, we always joked we had nothing better to do than to go to class. So we decided to start a company. Um, we were involved with the Iowa State Ag Entrepreneurship Initiative, kind of where we got our first start. And we came up with a product called Scout Pro, and that's the company name as well, using the iPad in the field to identify weeds, insects, diseases, disorders, just general record keeping associated with scouting. And then uh, using that information kind of two ways, you know, right here in the middle of the growing season or the end, because we're looking to make spray decisions or trying to generally understand how things are growing. And then also the, our customers would be ag retailers, independent crop consultants, folks that provide scouting as some sort of service, maybe even a seed dealer. And they would use those scouting reports, we hope, uh, throughout the, the winter and planning months to you know pull things up and, and take a look at them in a different way. So I would say we never really reinvented the wheel as far as scouting goes. What we try to do is kind of round it off and make it a little bit smoother ride. Um, when we talk about technology in general, when I work with scouts and do trainings, that's predominantly my role in the company is to, to do our support and training and things like that is to say to folks, you know, 
if it was really simple, it was just an app, we could put anybody out here. Mm -hmm. uh, we still need to have a little bit of uh, gray matter, a little agronomy, uh, foresight and thought process as we're scouting. So use the technology, use the iPad, use imagery, uh, whatever you're, you're utilizing in the field, use it as an extension of what you're already doing. Don't, uh, don't rely on it fully because, I mean, we've all done that too. Uh, do you remember like when Pokemon Go first came out? Yeah, absolutely. And the big issue was, uh, you know, don't just walk around staring at your phone. Right. Don't walk into traffic. And so we can find our, our way in the same process with uh, scouting. Mm -hmm. If we're looking at a cool image or uh, watching our blue beacon kind of travel around the field, we might walk right past something that we uh, maybe should have picked up on or fall into a tile ditch or something. So all those little things, right? Again, technology should be an extension of what folks are doing in the field already. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. It's important to make sure that we use the skills we've already had for years and years and then add the technology to make it better. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's kind of the fun thing. Um, sometimes I think of myself as like an old soul in my own right. Uh, I grew up with, again, that diversified livestock background, and I see a lot of the things we used to do uh, in the livestock industry particular, even in, in uh, agronomy side of things. And it's how do we find that blend of old and new? Mm -hmm. So things that we know did work. I mean, people have talked about that with cover crops, right? This isn't a new way to, to utilize um, a different cropping rotation. It's mm -hmm. kind of something we used to do, maybe got away with it and we're coming back to it. Um, same deal with technology. How do you blend the old and new? The excitement of what is fun and flashy, but still looking at the practicality of things that we know we do every day. Yeah, for sure. So based on that, what would you say is the most recent technology that you see is making a real impact on farming? You know, right away when we think about exciting technologies, it's, it's easy to uh, lump drones, UAVs, things like that into the, especially from the agronomy side. Um, in the livestock, you know, I'm not as fluent in that, but I've, I've paid attention to it generally. So I'm going to lump all this together. There's a lot of really good ERP, enterprise resource planning, however you want to call it, um, just general farm accounting softwares out there that are allowing us to do a better job of understanding where we're losing money or where our money is best spent. Um, I've seen that specifically on the cattle side. There's a company here out of Ames Performance Livestock Analytics. I'm not really familiar with their products, but they do a, they seem to do a nice job for cattle feeders and saying, you know, here's here's kind of where we've got some room for improvement. Here's some ways we can utilize. And we're not necessarily changing the way you do business or your day-to-day -day operations, but here's how we can tighten up some of those loose ends. Um, what's the what's the statement? You can't, um, can't fix what you don't measure or something along those mm -hmm. lines. So being able to measure things a little bit more, especially with a, a profitability statement in mind. And, and I think you see that too with um, agronomy. Again, there's some different... Uh, companies out there that are trying to help guys with marketing or at least provide resources to say, you know, here's, here's where your break even truly is. Mm -hmm. So are you finding that technology is more helpful or harmful for the ag industry? I would say as a general rule of thumb, it is helpful uh, where we can be, need to be smart and, and be careful as um, not chasing the flashy things all the time. You know, the, the whole Oh, you hear maybe jokes at farm shows and stuff, right? If you went around and used everybody's product at every booth, you'd be raising 600 bushel corn with no fertilizer and no water. It's just that good of a, right. a product. So um, how do we be smart and um, 
I'm not sure what the right word is there at that point, but how, how do we look at what our priorities, are, I guess, are in the operation? That's something, you know, anybody listening, as you sit there and you try and think of even, maybe you have a business idea that you want to pursue, whatever it is. One of my biggest beefs, I guess, with ag tech in the past, as I've been at it, we've been at it, what, six, seven, eight years, somewhere in there. Not everybody has the same priorities, mm-hmm. right? There's, mm-hmm. uh, I got a brother-in-law, his goal, he's not, he doesn't have the setup to dry corn. So he's going to plant the hybrids. He's going to, his management practices are changed purely on the fact that he wants to pull 16% moisture corn out of the field. Uh, my father, on the other hand, he's looking to get as many bushels as he needs to feed the hogs that he has. If he gets one bushel more, it was a great year. Mm-hmm. So his priority, again, is that livestock feed. And then obviously you can think of a lot of other different scenarios with different folks. And so overall, as we look at technology and whether or not it is helping us or not, I think first we need to figure out what our priorities are and then determine on, on what what is truly useful for us. And again, we're not just chasing all these flashy things. And some people, again, the priority may not be necessarily dollar focused. It could be um, it could be time, effort, energy. Mm-hmm. Think of uh, think of where we came, how far we've come with GPS and auto steer, right? Some of the nice things about having auto steer is operator fatigue. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily that we can have perfectly straight lines, but it's when I turn around to look at a 24-row planter, I can, I can pretty much turn fully around in the seat if I wanted to and go backwards just to – so you've got that much more um, quality, I guess, in what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we see our priorities shifting and changing, how do you think that millennials are changing the game for agriculture when it comes to technology? Yeah, that's, I mean, so I'm 28. Would I technically be a millennial? Is that, I'm not sure what the... I'm not sure either, but I, we'll count you for today. You'll I'll be a millennial today. today. So I, I think of a, a few different things. Um, I feel like growing up on the farm, I heard from my dad and my grandpa as, as I've become more involved with my my wife and I have become more involved with her family's operation. Um, you know, you even even though uh, my parents and the generation above us are in their late 50s, early 60s, sometimes, and maybe that's just age too, you say, well, that won't work, or we've tried that before. So I would say generally with, with folks my age and, and younger and just around that <coughs> time frame, excuse me, um, I would say generally with people my age and younger, what we are most excited about is just being able to try something new and different and it may not again have to be this really big sexy technology thing it could be i just i want to try you know one thing i've gotten into recently is relay cropping mm-hmm. it's very interesting to me if if anybody out there is on twitter there's a guy named jason mauck m-a-u-c-k and he's out of indiana and he does a lot of a lot of twitter videos and just photos in general on relay cropping so he's growing soybeans and wheat together like right next to each other it looks it's like alternating rows throughout the field interesting very very unique um kind of it goes back to i mean we could run back to our um, social studies and history days when the native americans planted what was it three sisters corn soybeans and squash together Mm -hmm. or corn green beans they didn't plant soybeans then um so you're taking something old that we used to do and he's he's applying it to today so Maybe in a really long, roundabout, winded way, what I'm trying to say is um, where I think millennials are able to, to get back into ag and, and try out new technologies is they're, is they're willing to take a stab at it. Because at the end of the day, what are you out? Um, 
we can we can have kind of a blend of the old and the new in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's going to allow us to really see like what works and what doesn't work and how we can shift and change and use technology to make that happen. Absolutely. So how is the use of technology impacting farmers' profits? Oh, I think sometimes you could argue a guy could go broke buying all this precision equipment to save a little bit of money. Yep. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, coming back to the priorities, right, What what is needed to make your operation successful? Um, so kind of circling around back to your question, how does that impact the profits? Um, I don't know. I don't have a really good answer for you. I'm not, I'm not that tied in with uh, with enough of the financial side of things to to really understand where it all fits um where i think probably the biggest value in what we can do anymore is measuring whether or not something did pay us Uh, whether it's something as simple as starter trials or getting in more of the fungicide application or trying some of the micro biome stuff that we can use on seed treatments Um, that's generally where i think technology is pushing us to see you know, did this pay me back? And if it didn't, maybe I've got a pretty good idea why or, or what may be factored in there. Yeah. Are you still seeing um, kind of a strong trend towards pushing for yield or are you seeing it shift towards profits? And how are the generations different? I mean, I know today we're, we're really trying, as millennials, they're really trying to push for a profit. Yeah. And so how are you seeing that impact agriculture? So that's a good question. Um, I guess just in my small focus group of guys that I work with, farmers directly, um, I would say people are still pushing the yield. Yeah. Um, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how cheap per bushel. You still need a certain amount of bushels right. times the cash price to get cash, exactly. to get money in the bank account. So right. um, we are pushing the, the yields and continuing to do that, but I think it's also about trying to do less with more mm-hmm. Um you know, how can we, whether, uh, again, I think of, look how, look how wide dropping has changed nitrogen application for a lot of our growers. We used to maybe put a little bit on pre-plant and then come back in when corn was, what, knee high or so, and either put it on with the cultivator or the blue jet and, and run everything up and down the field. And it, it just, that only 30 days time window, the corn plant really hadn't used that much nitrogen anyway. So what was the point of delaying it? You could have maybe made your life a little simpler to just get it out there in the first place. But now that we can go through with high clearance machines and dribble stuff in right alongside the row and maybe on a really heavy dewy morning, get that to move into the ground, um, that's really changing our profitability in general. That's hopefully using a little less nitrogen or better timed nitrogen to get better yields. Um, Those are kind of some of the things I I look at generally. And I, I don't know. I think those are all again back to that priorities conversation, mm-hmm. right? It's all it's all dependent on on where people see the fit and the need for their operation. Yeah, absolutely. We're seeing you know, every farm is different, and they're using different technologies in different ways for whatever benefits them the most. So thank you so much, Stuart, for being here with us today. We really appreciate it, and um, we look forward to seeing more from Scout Pro in the future. Hey, thanks, Carly. Mm-hmm.